0: Good evening and welcome those who have come are now in the middle of our discussions. We've been discussing from the great Srimad Bhagavatam um, in the mornings and um we're discussing a particular narrative of the Leela, or divine play of Krishna, in which a very important uh, point of of philosophy is uh, is brought out, and that is um, how Krishna represents the fountainhead of all uh, forms of divinity, the very heartbeat of the absolute, while he may be represented variously by various Divine Manifestations, or the Absolute Maybe, this is his heartbeat. So uh, it's very interesting discussion, and we're conducting it in the mornings. In the evening, we're opening the floor for questions. We had some interesting questions last night. So are there any questions this evening? It doesn't have to be about the discussion in the morning. It can be, but any question? Yes? I have a question from the discussion this morning. <laughs> okay doesn't have to be. Death, hmm? about, how, about death. About how death. Death is coming for us and how actually we only have one week to live and how we should be inspired to practice as much as we can because death may come for us uh, at any time. And my question was how to balance that with the fact that also to make any progress in Gaudiya Vaishnavism it takes a very long time. It's a very slow, gradual process. <laughs> how do you mix together the feeling that death is coming for you? And at the same time, you cannot try and rush it. You can't go beyond where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the ideas that we, that we um, were discussing this morning was um, relative to the, the setting of the entire narrative of Srimad Bhagavatam, which involves the sage Sugadev, who's a young 16-year-old boy that's naked, um, walking about naked, In adolescence, would not be a very good time to walk around naked, but that just to emphasize the point. um, And um, he was wandering in this way, and his um, wandering brought him in connection with the necessity of the emperor, hmm, who had been cursed to die in seven days. And um, so the emperor was sitting on the bank of the Ganges, and he was inquiring what to do at the time of death, and that matter what should one do in one's, throughout one's life, that one might be prepared for such a moment. So the significance of death and understanding that it has much to do with making one's life a a success. Hmm? And, And here the emperor of the world, as he's depicted, had this kind of question, wouldn't it be good if the leaders of the countries had this kind of question was pressing on them. Hmm? That was their main uh, concern. So he retired from the political arena and, and fasted. Hmm? And, and this boy, Sugadev, many others were gathered, offered different advices, but when the boy walked on the scene, learned persons could understand, Well, oh, he knows the answer to how to solve the death problem. Because his nakedness implies, and the fact that he was, of course, sixteen and an adolescent, which would, as I say, not be a good time to walk around naked. Um, It's when a you know it's a very active time, uh, if you will. Uh, But he was uh, inactive in relation to the world, and he didn't know whether he was dressed or not. He was so internally, spiritually absorbed that he was oblivious to the external world and completely detached. He was demonstrating to a large extent, as large as we can, I would say, objectively, that there's a difference between consciousness and matter. And consciousness not only exists independently of matter and biological life, but it thrives the more that it is um, uh, disconnected, if you will, from the... um, um, uh, workings of the natural world hmm? it is supernatural consciousness it animates the natural world it, it, it turns it on but then it that natural world can also overwhelm to some extent the self the unit of consciousness and by way of identification it feels that it's going through the thing the transformations that that the natural world goes through which is has a beginning, has an end, and the in between isn't always that great either. Um, so, the fact of the matter is, from the point of view of Vedanta, that the consciousness that we are a unit of is, is uh, independent of that. And so, the fact that he could live so, even while in the body, so independently, hmm, so independent of material necessities, he didn't have clothes, he didn't need them, wasn't an issue for him that's uh you know we have a need for lots of different clothes and <laughs> and uh, and so on and so forth so the implication of it, of it is that he had understood and solved the death problem in as much as biological death we don't make an attempt to stop because it's a certain cycle that that that, that as with all things that have beginnings they have ends hmm? that which has no beginning um, uh, the atma in this case has no no end all things within time and space are well within time and space if we're within time and it's influenced then we have a time hmm? a time to be and a time not to be so to speak uh, so if consciousness is truly independent ontologically different than matter hmm, then it's not governed by time and space because matter is governed by time and space so if that's our theory, and it is, then, um, then, then, then obviously the, that consciousness that's independent of time and space has no beginning. It's independent of time. Hmm? It has no end. These are, this is all in relation to time, beginnings and ends. So, so this is, in, in effect, uh, how we philosophically solve the death problem by explaining that we are not biological by nature, mm-hmm. I mentioned this morning that science one of the big questions that science says it hasn 't yet answered is what is the biological makeup of consciousness, and my response to that is there 's a bias in the very question because it could, should be is there a biological makeup to consciousness rather than assuming that there is and and, uh, and, and no wonder they can 't answer the question. Mm-hmm we would say, well, it has no biological makeup. So you're looking at it in the wrong way. Hmm? That being the case, in terms of Vedanta, then as I say, this opens a whole new world of, of possibilities. And Sukadev was acquainted with that world of possibilities. And to a large extent, while within, appearing, if you will, within the biological um, Realm hmm? he was independent of it to a very extreme extent, like i 'm saying the example of being naked and not wearing clothes at sixteen and traveling and uh, he didn 't see any difference between men and women uh, that doesn 't mean he was bisexual, but it means he, he didn't see he saw something beyond the the, 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 the um, um, our, our uh, gender differentiations um, people look for unity in the world and uh, see that the, the measure the extent of the unity that he found it, it, it unity beyond beyond gender that's pretty extreme hmm? um, so very comprehensive kind of sense of of uh of unity or overcoming differences that get in the way that you know men are for they say men are for mars and women are for venus or something like mm-hmm. that there was a book like that we have really different psychological psychological sensibilities, and so on. You can only get you know come so close, and there are there are, there are differences. So he uh, transcended these uh, these gender differences, race differences, national differences, uh, so on and so forth. And uh, by way of coming to the ground of being and standing on that ground of being, that uh, as a unit of consciousness that underlies all these comings and goings of genders, uh, nationalities, races, and so forth that we may pass through. A woman in one life, a man in the next, and so on and so forth. So, um, while living within the biological, if you will, uh, circle, the smaller circle that we call life, he, the atma, which is part of the bigger circle of what we mean by living, Uh, subjective first person experiential reality Uh, uh, while living within the biological circle he lived within it in such a way that it would appear that he was very uh, largely independent of it obviously he can't be entirely independent of it because it has to die, that's a given and then he won't be there anymore but that's only as much as if I was to unscrew the light bulb, there would be no light, but that's not the end of electricity, hmm, kind of idea. And so he that was his theory, and he, as far as it could be, as I say, demonstrated, proved that consciousness is independent from matter. He was doing that by being as aloof from and independent of material needs as he was, which is a sh- to a shocking extent to us, hmm? So as I say, these mystics, in a sense, go as far as we can objectively to demonstrate the theory that consciousness is independent of matter that can only be really understood if you take the course of spiritual practice and and go there yourself. Hmm? Then you can validate it, the theory, for yourself. You can experience the theory that's given here. You can't show it to anybody else. You can talk about it. You can demonstrate it to a point but uh, this is a school in which you have to you know, operate on yourself. You you, you you can't stand back from it and know it any more than you can stand back from an apple and know what it means to taste one, even though you might know every other material, physical uh, element that, that, that is part of the, the composition of the apple and talk about it in a way that one who tastes it couldn't talk about. Hmm? But who knows it more? What it, what, what is it... What is an apple hmm? so so you have to taste it you have to you know you cannot stay outside the jar of the honey you have to go inside, and the going inside is requires a certain suit, if you will, like like an astronaut needs a suit you know to go so in as much as you have to shed this suit of bodily attachment and the psychological mental identification with that and so forth, the way of looking at things that, that that fosters and so forth. So this is what real spiritual practice is about. It's a real changing of one's angle of a uh, vision. So at any rate, the story goes that the king had been, as I said, cursed to die in seven days. So he was very attentive to the sage Sukadev, the boy, when he came and he was given the seat of esteem by the learned people and he spoke. And this is the book that he spoke. Hmm? And um, we may note that although he was detached in every way, he was attached to Krishna. Hmm? So that's interesting.
1: Hmm?
0: He was attached and he had an identity based on that attachment that was enduring. Hmm? And this is what's being explored here. The possibility of of having uh, a a a transcendent nature i would say we have three natures if we use the word swarup the sanskrit word as a word for for nature or the nature of our of, of a thing we have three swarups one is an acquired swarup we could say it's i am american i am this or i am that hmm? i am um, um a uh Indian, I am American, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm a Californian, I'm a Hindu, I'm a Catholic, I am this or that, is very much uh, missing what what we really are. That's a composite of a lot of interesting things and so forth that uh, uh, in comparison to just I am, that seems like more, but I am is really quite big in comparison to I am American, which will which can't doesn't endure. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's, it looks like something, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It looks like you've got something, but it's it disappearing in your hand. It's like fool's gold, material acquisition, and the material identity, the material nature. Swaroop, I am this, or I am that. I'm a man, I'm a woman. I, so, it, and it's filled with so many things, and, and it looks substantial, and we try to preserve it and so forth, but of course, we can't. Much bigger than that, I want to say, is I am. Hmm? That means that I am a unit of existence, experiential existence. As I've often said, if we were to analyze what is the most profound experience that we've had in life, hmm? I would say it's the fact that we experience in the first place. That's, That's... Very profound. That makes us very different from all of the things we experience. Matter, for example, hmm? is is an experienced reality. We are an experiential reality. That is, we are entirely different from everything else in the natural world. I mean, like the difference between land and water. hmm? Is the difference between a non-experiencing existence and an experiential existence. That's the difference between being alive and being dead. Being animate, being inanimate. Hmm? It's huge. And so, to explore that, hmm? this is the idea of, uh, of, of, of basic idea of, of spiritual life. What does it mean, that the difference between being an experiential unit of reality and and... Uh, a non-experiential. And of course, experience doesn't come out of non-experience. So, we're different, ontologically different. This is extraordinary and uh, very interesting, pertinent, uh, relevant uh, topic for uh, discussion and and pursuit. This is what the book The Bhagavad is about. And in that sense, hmm, it is a book about solving the death problem. The king had Seven Days to Live, he listened with great attention to the boy, Sukadev, not only about the difference between matter and consciousness, but the prospects of consciousness unfettered by matter. Hmm? How high in the sky, if you will, of spiritual possibility one could fly. Hmm? He had he, he, The book talks about getting you wings and then how high you can fly. Getting a passport and then getting a visa. Passport means you get a passport... You, you you you're owed a passport you're, you, you you don't in other words you, you can go anywhere well if you have an American passport, I guess you can go just about anywhere you, 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 your passport means you can leave hm so what i 'm saying is that when you understand the difference between myself and matter, then you can leave the material world so Gadev have left hmm, the boy he was naked he had this the implication he had he wasn 't here hmm? he solved the death problem hmm? because the death problem is one in which well, what's the problem with it we 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 want things, and there are things that we think are ours that we can't take with us, and so it's a problem if you had no attachments then how how would would the would the the taking of things away from you that you had be a problem it wouldn't be a problem welcome mirage please here's the seat. See Swami Maharaj So he, the idea is he 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 solves the death problem. No, no, death had to happen biologically, but it's not a problem anymore because he was living and identifying independently of that. So he wasn't thinking, "I'm an Indian, I'm a Hindu, I'm." Young or old or, or whatnot—that's one kind of nature or srut. Of. The other one is, I am, and as I say, I am is huge. He realized, I am. Wow. Mm-hmm. As I said, I am means that that I exist. I have an existence that is not bound by time and space. Mm-hmm. I always exist, and nothing. There's no, no. There's no time that I will not exist. That's extraordinary. So he was experiencing eternal existence. I'm a unit of eternal existence. Hmm? And I'm aware of it, so I'm cognizant. So I exist, sat. I'm real. I'm not here today and gone tomorrow. I'm not under the threat of non-existence. All fear has ended. Hmm? All anxiety, which is all for, you know, you realized. Isn't it funny how it feels when you know that life is real? You know, that kind of thing. It's an old song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got to be responsible and <laughs> figure it out. And you've got you to gotta speak rationally because other people are listening. It's not just your parents and you're not babbling anymore and it's cute. You now you have to make sense to people <laughs> when you talk. And, and there's a struggle. and so It's all over. I mean, it's over completely. You just think of the anxiety in your life, the social anxieties you have interacting with people, just being, existing, maintaining yourself. It's, it's huge, all the effort to put in this. In one word, it's kind of a fear or anxiety that pervades our existence, and he ended it entirely. Okay. Hmm? He, he knew, I exist, I am. Hmm? And he, he knew it, so he was not only sat, but chit, cognizant.
1: Hmm?
0: And then he heard these narratives of Krishna Leela from his father. Hmm? And then he, he knew, I, I exist. I know that I exist. And I have a purpose for existing. I'm sat, chit, being, knowing. And my purpose is to love. Loving. Hmm? I'm being and knowing for fun. For why? <laughs> huh? Do I have to have a reason? No, I don't have to have a reason hmm, to live. I exist. I know that I exist. And for the joy of it, hmm, it's joyful in and of itself. It is joyful in and of itself to know that I exist. That's like, whoa, <laughs> that's a relief. Yeah. So then that from there, of course, from I am, we've gone from I am American, for example, to I am period and then we said this is much bigger and now we go to i am a gopi i am a gopa these are like means i'm, I'm i i i have a relationship and an identity a personhood in relation to to god hmm? and similar to the identity i have now as an american this whole identity is built on the foundation of the i am hmm? but it's an existence and identity all in concert all centered on the center hmm? now we are we are off centered hmm? so some people think i'm russian some people think i'm american some people think i'm polish i'm spanish uh so there's all these different centers so there's a conflict you know? So, Krishna consciousness means, Bhakti means you put that Krishna's in the center, and Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swami. We're learning about this that Krishna is the center, the heartbeat of the Absolute, wherein there are so many possibilities of potential personhood, if you will, to build on that I am and grow and, 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 and develop into, into a full person that, whose very existence is entirely pleasing to Bhagavan. That's what we mean by Sakirasa. By Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Those persons have desires, but all the desires are, are pleasing to the Godhead who wants to have a relationship with the with the Atmas, a loving relationship. So like a friendly loving relationship, like a romantic loving relationship. So Leela is the playing of all, the, all this out. Bhakti is constituted of Krishna's internal energy, Swarup Shakti. It's different than the Maya Shakti. Maya Shakti is is the influence of material nature that causes us to be deluded and think we're Americans or Indians or what, whatnot? And in that situation, our will, our ability to make choices and be an individual, is suppressed. Actually, we become like an automaton. We think we're doing things that, as I said, only the brain is doing, and and uh, we're really not not active. We're just in the background. So we we're retiring that through bhakti, bringing the I am to the fore, and then developing, the I am, that you're a unit of will. So now you have will and you express it in relation to Bhagawan and his internal energy that Bhakti constitutes facilitates that will. Hmm? So we can will ourself into, uh, by, uh, in the context of the grace of Bhakti, into a, a particular loving relationship with Bhagwan and have a whole identity there hmm? um, with uh, full full life, and we're hearing about it. They have a full life. <laughs> and all of it is... Ple- in other words, sakiras, for example, it is, it is being discussed here. It's friendly It's friendly love. It's pleasing to Krishna in every way. It's centered on him. So there has to be all aspects of that. Hmm? Um, they have to be alive. They have to have their own desires. Hmm? Their own will. There's a competition even between the will of God and the will of the devotee hmm? to love one another. It's very interesting. It's, it's because everybody wins. You see, in any, in, in either, it's just this: is what happens in love? We kind of compete. I want to please you. No, no, I want to please you. And so sometimes you win, sometimes I win. Everybody wins. Um, such is the nature of love. So, big topic. Um, and how do you arrive there? Is the question, which is, is really a long ways to go from I am an American to I am is a big distance. And from I am to I am Krishna Krishnadas, hmm? and all of the implications of, of that, all the possibilities that lie in that, is even further distance. And it's a very high idea. Sukadeva, the boy, has marveled at, at it here, in comparison to the nature, that, it, in, in comparison to the I am, which is self-realization. Hmm? Mukti. This is called prehima. Mukti is contained within that, but but it's kind of a byproduct of this praying or love. So how do you get there? It takes a long time, our questioner has pointed out. And at the same time, we're told, well, we could die at any time. The king was predicted he would die in seven days. He was cursed to die in seven days. So I said, we all have seven days to live. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One of them, you will die. So we should live every day as if It could be this one is the idea. It's not literally seven days, but the emphasis is such, the point to be derived from it is, that I should really pay attention to that which is worthy of paying attention to. And this is an extremely worthy topic. And there's two ways that you can pay attention to this topic. This topic is, what am I? Why am I? Hmm? Uh, How to end the death problem? What is the difference between consciousness and matter, if there is one? There's two ways to deal with this. One way is to decide there is no difference between consciousness and matter, and I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to uh, I'm going to look at the life from that perspective. The other way is there is a difference, and I'm going to look at life from that perspective. You choose which which of the two are more interesting and exciting. Hmm? If I choose a naturalistic, physicalism, uh, materialistic. Um, Angle of vision, that consciousness is just like something that grew out of the brain. At a certain point, it evolved, and it's 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 not any difference from the bile that grows out of the uh, out of the liver. Hmm? Sometimes this example is examples, given: as the liver excretes bile at a certain point, the brain excretes consciousness. The only difference is that there's a huge difference between consciousness and bile. Hmm? Like I said, it's like experiential existence is very different from the brain hmm, and matter. Like the difference between land and water. So it doesn't really really work. But some people are convinced hmm, of this um, and, and they pursue life in a sense accordingly. But they really don't pursue life accordingly because that is a talk that nobody can walk. Hmm? Because With that talk there's no meaning to walking there's no and there's no meaning to the discussion because having that discussion with me and trying to convince me that i am not really there i'm just just this like illusion that's created in the brain from certain neurons we haven't found it yet but we'll find that button that's we press it and that's that's the so-called you it's not really there it's just part of the machine we're looking at the machine, we admit it's a sophisticated machine. we haven't found it yet, but we're we're going to we just give us some time and and so you're trying to convince me to that is as meaningful of a discussion from your world view as the sound of billiard balls bumping into one another That's the philosophy and and if you press on a person who's pushing on that, they have to admit that also hmm? so now. You live that, in other words, so what is the meaning of this conversation or any other conversation? or It's all just invented fantasy meaning. It's a fantasy meaning. You've made up a meaning, but it's really no different than just the sound of things bumping into one another. That's all it is. Hmm? You've posited importance to it, but from the absolute perspective, it has no meaning, no value, no importance it's, it's no different than the sound of rain dropping on the, on, on, on the water or on the roof. Hmm? So who's living in a fantasy that they made up? Because <laughs> they like to say he's imagining, you know, you have faith in some, you know, spiritual idea. Religion is a made, man-made thing. Well, this is a man-made idea too. And it's in, and it's a fantasy in a, in a in a larger sense because it's not one that you can live. No one lives like that. Hmm? We're talking about in a in a very basic sense a kind of a dualism. A, there's a difference between consciousness and matter. Hmm? Susan Blackmore, who's famous psychologist who really likes to dabble in the in the realm of consciousness from a from a materialistic point of view, said in one of her books that ten percent of the population. Ninety percent of the population are dualists in the way they think. Most of them don't even think about it. She says these issues, these topics, but they're dualists in the way they function and the way they think. Only 10, about ten percent are are really, um, oh well, non-dualists in a material sense, who who agree. She said with me that everything is just matter. Hmm? It's just natural forces. There's nothing independent called consciousness. That the consciousness is just a just a kind of matter, that's all. So my reply to her was, Susan, it's not that 10% of the people, that 90% of the people are dualists, but 100% of the people are dualists, because actions speak louder than words. Hmm? You speak about a non-dualist material uh, worldview, but you don't live it. Hmm? You live as if there's meaning and purpose, and uh, even if this is the purpose, to explain to everybody that there's no meaning. To, you're you're writing books about it. You're driven by, so forth. So, uh, so it's a good uh, 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 theory. And and Sukadev, the boy, he validated this. And and Parikshu, what we heard this morning was he was very attentive to hear, and so when he was hearing, Sukadev said something. And it caused the king, to, the Raj, to, to inquire further. And Subhade was overwhelmed by the inquiry, the, na- the measure of his interest in the subject. So it caused him to launch into a further discussion that's coming you know, tomorrow morning about the, the, the Leela of Krishna. And um, so the student and the, the teacher complimenting one another, and they're in this Bodhayantas Parasparam Tushyanticharamanticha. They're complimenting one another back and forth by. The, Proper inquiry gives rise to certain questions, gives rise to further inquiry, and they're both in ecstasy, mutual ecstasy, ramanti cha. It means that they're nourished and tasting the ecstasy of these uh, discussions, uh, of, of, the, of the, the topic of the nature of experience and the possibilities of, of of joy, your unit of existence, knowing and loving. What are the possibilities for loving? What is the joy, the ecstasy that comes from this? This is the, this is the discussion. So, so we can be compelled by hearing this to, I want to go for that, but as, as uh, the question is, well, it's going to take a while, and we we're told we should focus on it as if we only have seven days, but at the same time, it's going to take a long time to get there, and there seems to be like, you know, there's a, there's a problem there. Well, I've said, in one sense, the answer to the question is something like this. That you cannot attain this in one life. The implication would be it would take many lives, right? Hmm? But then, I also say, but in one life you will. Do you understand? You cannot attain this in one life, but in one life you will. That wouldn't work on paper, but verbally it should work for you. In one life you will. So we should live this particular life, which may be one of many, as if this is the one, hmm, I will realize it, with that kind of intensity and so forth, and a couple of lives like that, <laughs> something like that. Uh, or, uh, so the idea, anyway, is to, is, to, is to speak about it, to exemplify it in such a way that we are compelled to give as much as we can, and we can't be neurotic about it at the same time. We, have to, we also have to know our uh, limitations. And this will come in the context of the discussion of the Leela to some extent uh, tomorrow morning, that there's a place for knowing our place and uh, and, um, and going at a gradual pace. And all of this is really, your question is really resolved by proceeding under good guidance. So the Guru can tell us, you're going too fast here. Hmm? Uh, guru Dave, uh, I want to be a monk and I'm, I'm I'm selling my house and my car and and divorcing my wife and um, putting my kids up for adoption. <laughs> and uh, I heard you give the talk. We should give everything and I'm, I'm coming tomorrow, you know. <laughs> so, well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Raghunath Das Goswami, the leader of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was very eager to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was a young boy. came from a very wealthy family and he... he he sought his, his company, and Mahaprabhu said, yes, but don't be crazy, though, don't be crazy. Hmm? He said, you stay with your family, look for the opportunity. The opportunity will come. Hmm? When it makes sense at that time, you, you, you will go. It's a beautiful story. quite a few, many, many verse, uh, verses describing that story, how Raghunath joined Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a monastic. So he himself, Chaitanya Dev, cautioned him hmm? To proceed now. We have to do this very artfully because, well, in the name of caution, <laughs> we can err on that side, obviously, as well, hmm? and proceed with caution. Maybe to just be cautious and not proceed at all. Hmm? So, therefore, it is said, charanam <speaking in the> Bujamare <language> Nard gives the idea: go for it, you know. But what if I fail? Well, you're that much further along. You developed a sung scar, a tendency for it. Hmm? so then you get up from there and you pick yourself up and go forward within reason at least hmm? there's some scope for that hm like we will hear someone will say well i'd like to get initiated but or i'd like to join the the the, the monastery but but i i don't, i'm not qualified and uh, and i if i was going to do that i'd want to be really you know you know s- serious about it and i i'd want to do it do it right and not make any mistakes and so forth and and so on. It's to misunderstand in as much as initiation from the English perspective means a beginning. Hmm? So there's a beginning to things and in, in a beginning there's a learning curve and so forth. And, and you think, well, I don't want to join the monster because I wouldn't be qualified maybe and you know, I, I wouldn't want to make a mistake. And, and, and you're evaluating yourself from your present position not from the position of strength that you would be in, in association of others, and like-minded persons, and so on and so forth. And, and what they've gone through, them sharing that with you, and so forth, so we tend to be a little more generous and say, well, yeah, maybe you should try it, you know. Uh, and that's a good quality in a sense. I don't think I'm qualified but think, yeah, that. And the guy comes and says, I'm really qualified, I'm ready to join up. In fact, uh, I could be in charge of the ashram if you wanted. So, well, you know, slow down a little bit. There's a saying in Bengali, Ati Bhakti. Uh, Lakshanchor, the, the characteristic, the symptom of um, uh, one who has too much bhakti, ati bhakti. When too much bhakti is a sign of a thief, hmm? because real bhakti is very rare. So, if one says, "I don't really have bhakti," we think, "You got something. You're getting it. You're understanding it. Very good. You should come forward." We think, "I've got so much bhakti. I'm a. i am like bhakti. I'm really into. I'm. I'm a real bhakta." And uh, so I, I could really add something to your to your group there. <laughs> then, then we, we have you know, cause for pause there. So it's just the opposite. Hmm? Those who think themselves qualified would think, well, he has such a nice disposition. He's, he takes it very seriously. He's actually taking it very seriously. So you know, come come forward, <laughs> participate, and so forth. And uh, so once I was sitting with Pujapadshiro Marge and and. Uh, he was explaining this kind of point and uh, this this point more or less and one of the devotees afterwards said but Maharaj, what if i you 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 really aren't qualified i mean you know you you really aren't <laughs> and he said you really aren't he said you you really feel that way very good you you really feel that way <laughs> you're making progress it's it's like that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so and this is all after all, this particular you know uh, 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 lineage is, is is one that is all about grace there's effort that's involved, but as I often say the effort is in making an effort to get grace to position ourselves in such a way that someone of spiritual consequence might take notice of us and lend a helping hand and so forth and and um, and um, so it's it's a certain type of 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 effort. It's an acknowledgement of dependence, of a neediness, of a weakness. If a young boy, Pujapachida Marash used to say, if young boys are hungry, that's a sign of good health.
1: Hmm?
0: So if we're hungry, we, we we have a necessity, we we feel we're 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 lacking, hmm? All these things will it will attract the attention of he who has everything. Hmm? The more we think we have our own power and uh, and so forth, the self-determination and so that's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a, a folly. If you take, I've given sometimes the example of a, a mag- magnetic, uh, if you take a magnetic flake that has a positive charge, and you put it next to a positive magnet, large magnet, what will happen? The the, the positive charge magnetic flake will be repelled. Hmm? If you could convert that flake into a negative uh, magnetic flake then it it would be drawn immediately and powerfully to the magnet. Hmm? So we are a flake. We're pretty flaky, but uh, in our thinking of ourselves and so forth, self-conception, and we have a bit of a positive charge to us. Hmm? I'm the maintainer, I'm the sustainer, I'm taking care of myself, and our minds are always working how I will arrange my life and protect myself and make things happen and get a little something more and... It's always busy like this, busy, busy, busy. Hmm? We're trying to be. We're trying to exist. But we don't know that you do exist. (laughs) Stop trying. The trying is getting in the way of you realizing you are a unit of existence. Hmm? And that which exists will never not exist. That which does not exist will never exist. Hmm? So, this is a simple point, but it's very difficult, isn't it, to realize? And and, and how, but how peaceful it would be because turn off that busy mind and, and and based on real realization and experience, I'm I'm a unit of enduring existence, and so 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 we we are we have a bit of a, a positive charge to us. That's our karmic uh, kind of disposition, hmm? and uh, we are. Exploiting the world. We, we, we've we identified with matter and so we feel we have needs. So we're out to get them and somebody else is too and there's the competition for that and it's all, as I said, off center. Your center is your body and mind. His center is his body and mind. So you're, and it's only going to match up so much. We call that a relationship and you know, it only gets, you know so close, and there's always a possible, maybe it could separate. You know? <laughs> we hope not, and we hope, you know, that can grow into something if you do it right, spiritually, of course, but, but um, the problem is that we, we both have to have the same center. That's why in bhakti, if we have, for example, a relationship, and both the partners love Krishna more than they love one another, then no problem. Mm-hmm. Then they're in agreement about what they're both most interested in and working, you know, towards pursuing and, and so on and so forth. So, so we have to change that positive charge to a negative charge. And here, negative means positive, really, in a full sense. And a positive means negative. It's our positiveness is our is our negative because it's not real. We are not the controller of uh, uh, really only in a very very uh, limited sense. There's an illusion of our being the control. So this is an egoic kind of change. We have an identity of, of a taker. We don't think of it like that, but we, we are. Hmm? Um, and we have to learn to be a, a, a giver, to be a lover. Hmm? That sounds like a good idea, hmm? but then it's a little painful to do that because we're, we're preoccupied in, in a particular way and, and we have an identification. All the spiritual life is about dismantling all this on the one side, hmm? this positive, taking the positive charge out and putting the negative charge in and, and humbly one goes forward chanting and one is attentive because one realizes, gee, what an opportunity this is. What, So and it's, it's it, yeah, and, uh, and we've got a good fortune I have, pays attention and makes progress. So how to be not neurotic about this, about it's a long way to go but I should give my all and all now with good guidance, I think, really, is, is the answer, that we may not become um, approach it in such a way that we become psychologically out of balance, which will then affect um, our ability to, to, to practice. That's why I say there's a place for horizontal development and vertical development. Horizontal development would be the development to become materially balanced, to come to sattva. Hmm? and 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 to and to do that um is is um that would be helpful for me in terms of pursuing my vertical or direct spiritual progress. Just like to give an example, if you want to enter a relationship hmm, then first thing is you, 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 you have to be not so needy. Hmm? if you 're too needy, then you enter into a relationship with the idea that he or she is going to fulfill all my needs, and that 's not going to happen hmm? and then you find out she has needs, oh God, my needs have now doubled. I have my needs, and I have her needs or his needs and, and, and so I, you had the wrong idea about <laughs> about what it is and how it works from the start, so it 's a recipe for a problem so uh, so you have to become. Somewhat materially fulfilled, you know, to find what, understand your psychology and be engaged in life accordingly in a way that you're getting, you have some, some balance. This is the basic idea of sattva. You have from use the word ego. It's 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 used in a lot of different ways, so it's problematic. We could use different terms, but um, we have a psychological ego. We have a metaphysical ego.
1: Hmm?
0: We have a metaphysical ego. I am an identity. Then we have this psychological ego that's part of our uh, material I am American hmm? misconception and that psychological ego that has to be could, it, 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 our, our attempt to go from I am American to I am and beyond will be facilitated to some extent by uh, making that psychological ego healthy. That's what we call sattva. This whole idea in, in, in the Gita of Varnashram and Dharma, the idea is, well, one is in, in, is, a, is a Brahman or a chetria. the terms are, a Sudra and so forth, and living accordingly is it calls sattva.
1: Hmm?
0: Living in balance, in consideration of your psychological and physiological makeup and what you are, you know spirit, materially understanding that puts you in a better position with a healthy psychological ego to pursue the identity as a, as a servant of Krishna as a lover of Krishna, just as i 'm saying to enter into a relationship, the more you have the balance, the more you can enter into a relationship and it will be uh, you know successful and so forth similar similar idea now you you could go from totally out of balanced uh, psychological position to love of God. That's such a thing as possible, but but what we find in the modern world is that, is that there's some scope for uh, and and it's there in the Gita also in a very basic sense. Uh, it's, there is an emphasis on psychological balance in terms of the varnashram. This idea and from there you're that's all horizontal development. Then you're you're you got kind of like both feet on the ground. And then you 're going to jump up and touch the stars. if you only got one feet on the foot on the ground and you jump up, well, you might not go so high, and you might fall down so But then you can 't spend all your time just on the on the um, vertical development, then that too much time and that means Roger goon. you want to improve the material condition hmm? unlimitedly that 's Roger I want to improve the material condition hmm? It can only be improved. To a certain extent, the body has to die, for example. Hmm? So some measure of improvement and, for the purpose, of vertical growth. That will put it in perspective. Hmm? So all things in in, in time. we in, in, From this country, we like to hear about something that, that's, and we, wow, that's great, I'd like to have it. I want it now. I'll pay for it with a credit card. You know, and we have bills and so- so we hear about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we hear a compelling talk. What would this, should the solution be? Don't give a compelling talk, because it's really going to take a long time. Hmm? So if I say, well, it's a really great thing, but it really takes a long time, it's really <laughs> difficult, and uh, you know, people go, well, well, thanks. Thanks for letting me know about it. <laughs> you know? So from the talk, we get some enthusiasm, we apply ourselves, and we meet our con- the wall of our conditioning, and then we should be healthy enough to go, Okay, I'm meeting the wall of my conditioning. So now, what do I do? Just bump heads with it, or I just step back a little bit and then come at it again from another angle. You know, you have to learn to work with the mind rather than against the mind. At a certain point, you can work against the mind. When you got him on the ropes, then you can knock him out. <laughs> but right now, he's like, you know, Muhammad Ali. You know, he's like dancing around. <laughs> it's really hard to get a beat on him. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got to learn to dance a little bit too you know, keep keep a distance and uh, and so forth and the Gita says that of course that you know you have to be balanced in eating sleeping recreation you got to learn to work with the mind, and good guidance will help us with that hmm. so, um, so in due course, you can get you know i'd say on on top of it and you can knock him out and there and there you go so but uh but uh, no, we should hear from Sadhus and so forth, and we, we, naturally they're going to speak to us in such a way as that to, 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 you should do everything now. And it's within it's just like okay, time for dinner. Okay, you come. So I'm the server. Okay, and you're eating. And my business is to try to put you know as much food on your plate as I can. And, you know, and, and, and not because when you eat. There's always some element of, uh, let's, let, let's say you're visiting someone, you know, so, uh, some element of, you know, well, you know, I don't want to lo- eat too much, I don't want to look, you know, or whatever, you know, it's a little. So the coast's business is to make you really feel at home, so there's no consideration of that, you just eat as much as you want, and, 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 and you want to create an environment like that, you know, that it's just, uh, eating is very intimate, it's intimate company, you know, you're going to cook for that person and, and share with him and or her and so forth. so, you want to create this very, very pleasant environment. No anxiety. Like you're at home, and and so like you know. And even in a restaurant, what can I do for you? How can I? You know. You know. All, of course, they want a tip. You know, there's another thing. But, but, but at any rate, this, my business as the host is to is to is to get you to eat, you know, to your full satisfaction. Hmm? And so I'm I, I'm watching and seeing he likes that. because I'm going to bring some that. Another, would, would you like a little more chutney? And hmm? uh, you know I'm looking, seeing uh, he likes uh, these pakoras. So you, you like it? You don't even ask. You just put it on a plate. You've read his mind. You know you. He's he, You see he he he's eating two of those. And, you know, so you put another one in there. No no, no no. Go ahead go ahead. No no not too Please, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. And he wants it, or his tongue does at least, you know, so, yeah. so this is the idea. So in one sense, the host business puts as much on the plate as possible, but it is the guest business to at one point say, enough, enough, no more. He has to know his place to some extent also. And so there's some, you know, there's some scope for that, that the disciple has to learn to tell his temperature and bring some balance. That's why, for example, I say, uh, Brenda Runya, I want you to do this. And she says, I'd love to do that, Guru Maharaj, but you asked me to do about ten other things that are going to take about you know, this much time, and uh, I'd be happy to do it, but uh, you've got all these other things you've asked me to do. Okay, well, I'm do those things. If she just says, yes, Guru, Rai, Guru Dave, I'll do that. Then, in, then you're going to drop the other ten things, and then, and, and I'll say, why this didn't happen, why that didn't happen, and, and, or she's going to say, Uh oh, I, I, you know, i 'm done i can 't you know you 've asked too much so there 's a point where the disciple has to be, the guru expects the disciple to be a responsible person and 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 give the feedback and there 's many ways to do things oh, okay then i 'll have somebody else do it hmm? and so forth so we want an environment that encourages that kind of input from the students hmm? as well, and they they have to learn i 'm supposed to be somebody here that has. I have have an opinion. Actually, that's interesting. A, the disciple can have an opinion. Hmm? Of course, it's offered respectfully, and I may say, "What is your opinion, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Das? I said, well, my opinion is this." And I'll find his opinion If he's my student, heard from me, it's, he's he's probably repeating something I said, and you know, and applying it to a situation like this. And I will think very good. Guru is investing with his talk, so many things. He's storing so many things in the hearts of so many disciples and sometimes says, where's that file? What was that verse? And he supplies it. Thank you, yes. And so we think as a disciple, well, the Guru has given us that. We're giving it back and so forth. But some scope for understanding. I have something and I have something to offer and, and, and um, I, I have some experience. So I offer it to you if you accept it or not. And readily he or she may, 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 may do so. And we may say, you know, I'd love to do that, you know, Guru Maharaj, but, you know, that means uh, I'll be up all night and then, you know, I won't be able to tentatively chant my, my, my japa in the morning and so forth. Then he may say, oh, no, 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 no. Or he may say, that's all right, don't do japa tomorrow morning. I want this done. Or he may say, yeah, okay, good point, that's fine, okay, thank you for letting me know. So this kind of thing, you have to have this kind of rapport with some uh, 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 sadhu figure in your life. I mean, you may have your, you may have a guru. Maybe live at a distance, and you don't live with him, and that might be, be possible. Or he may have many, many students and can't take care of everyone. There has to be other people in our lives who become um, mentors, other sadhus of consequence that become mentors and help us in this regard. Does that help to answer the question? Yeah. Extended answer. Well, that was good. What is the time now? (laughs) 7.30. 7.30, so okay. Anything else? So, um, our program, for those of you who've come this evening, is that, um, well, after this, there's some prashad, right? And take as much as you like. (laughs) To your full satisfaction. And, um, And then tomorrow morning... We have a program at five in the morning, chanting here in the temple. This is ref- uh, discussion, reading from something relevant to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila. that corresponds with the Lila of Krishna that we're discussing. Then it, oh, then it's breakfast at eight thirty, I think, about thereabouts, and at ten or no, nine thirty, we're speaking again. And the day goes like that. Then chanting in the evening, lunch in between, and so on. I think there's there's at at eight thirty, at twelve thirty, and at what time? Five? No. Or, no. Eight. And eight. Okay. After the talk. So glad to have you here and I'll see you in the morning. See Dan See